We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the next couple are about the team overall. And to the surprise of many, according to basketball reference, not cleaning the glass, the Knicks had a top four offensive rating last season. So based off of basketball reference, not basketball reference, NBA.com's advanced stats page, the next line is how many teams will finish ahead of the Knicks in offensive rating this season? The line is is nine and a half. If you're taking the under, it means you think the Knicks will have a top 10 offense. If you're taking the over, it means they won't. So, Jeremy, you're first. Hold on. What? That's not true. How? Because I could take the over and they have, and it's 10, and they still technically have a top 10 offense because 10 is more than nine. So they will take. You want to so change they, your line? No, nine. Well, it's well, just how many teams will finish ahead of the. How many teams? No, I just. Ahead of them. Yeah. So yeah, they could finish. They could 10. Still, you're right. Yeah. Anyway. This isn't will the Knicks have a top 10 offense. It's will they have nine teams? Will they literally finish 10th or lower? So, Jeremy, I think they up. will finish higher than 10th. So, I guess in this case, I'm taking under, correct? Yes. Great. Yeah, it's the... I think there are significantly strong questions about can what the Knicks do in the regular season be sustainable enough from a ball movement perspective in the playoffs. But we're talking about the regular season. And with that said, I see a Knicks team that finished second, third, depending on which metric you use, that added, I guess, from last season's perspective, a more efficient player in DiVincenzo than Toppin. I see internal growth. I see more comfortability in a system. Uh... I see them taking different shots compared to what they did before and maybe different timing of when those shots are coming. So you factor all that. I see a still very proficient offense, one that has, you know, a lot of teams below it, a ton. And in that case, I think it's going to be more that they are higher than ninth than uh, lower than that. So I'm going to go with uh, under in this case, John. I'm going to I'm going to read off some teams that were not in the top 10 in offense last year. Uh the Phoenix Suns who traded for Bradley Beal. The Milwaukee Bucks who traded for Damian Lillard. Um 
the Clippers, who may or may not be trading for James Harden, they were the 17th best offense in the league last year at 114.0. A lot of teams, by the way, most of the league actually was between 115 and like 113.5. Uh, 113. There were 12, 12 or 13 teams in that range. Um, right below that range, Minnesota Timberwolves, um, 113.3. Carl Anthony Towns played 20-something games last season. And uh, man, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Indiana Pacers, uh, a team many expect to throw up some fireworks this year with their new uh, starting power forward edition. Um, and those are all teams that finish outside the top 10. Warriors were 10th below the Knicks. Hawks below the Knicks. Uh, in seventh, the Mavs below the Knicks. The freaking world champion Denver Nuggets were below the Knicks last season. Uh, in fairness, the Sixers were above the Knicks, so they could get a little worse. I, again, will give you a compliment. I think they a perfect line. I'm going to go. What's so? I think if I think they're going to finish tenth or lower, I would take the over. Yes, I'll take the over, barely, but I'll take the over. Right, so here's my pushback to that, John. Yeah. The teams you've listed are all teams I expect to do well in the playoffs, but not take the regular season as seriously as the Knicks do. Very fair. And that you know that I think the the depth yeah. as well that the Knicks have, they certainly don't have the star power as a lot of those teams. But if some of the teams like if Damian Lillard misses time with an injury, I feel mm-hmm. confident that Giannis Antetokounmpo can do very well with them. But they also have a lot of other question marks in terms of health and age and cohesion. And how are they working if they don't have a starting point guard in that sense? So because of how the Knicks take the regular season as seriously as they do, that's why I think they have a stronger chance of sticking in the top nine in this case. Um, I have my first hot take of the season. You ready for this? Knicks will have better defense than they do in offense. Better defense than their offense. Wow. That... In terms that of is a, ranking. I mean, that's a very hot take considering they were 19th or what, what were they finishing in defense? <laughs> the, well, the reason I'm hesitating is because it, are we talking 19th. about the whole season or are we going to look at December 4th and onward? Because December 4th and onward was a very different team. No, absolutely. They were, but they were still from like December 15th? 4th onward. 15th. Defense? Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. And second or third in offense from that point forward. So, um, you yeah, know, it's a hot, look it, anyway, cut it. I think it's a hot take, but I'll, I'll put that out there. Um, so yeah, I'll take the over. Can I hold your feet to the fire on something? Sure. Just more question than anything. Do you think the Knicks will finish top 12 in offense and top 12 in defense? Yes, I do. Okay. So it's well, really 10 to 12 where you think the Knicks will be. Yeah, I think they'll be right there. I think they'll have a really good offense. I, I just and this is not me saying I think the Knicks the Knicks offense will like get markedly worse. Uh, I don't even think it, it may not even get worse, but I think I think the league is going to continue going in the direction it's going in terms of offensive prowess. And I think there are teams, there are enough teams that I think will be better this year on offense for me to have a little bit of a question about you know whether they get that. Well, it's a good thing we brought up the defense because the next one we can get through quickly. How many teams will finish ahead of the Knicks in defensive rating this season? It's also 9.5. So this question was to be combined with the one before it about whether or not the Knicks would have 
top 10 offense and defense. Jeremy kind of asked it already, whether it be top 12. So I believe, John, you're up and you just answered the question. You, you just said you think they'll be top 12 in both. Will they be top nine in both? You already don't think they'll be top nine in offense, but... Uh, as far as this number is concerned, uh, nine and a half teams better than the Knicks on defense. What's your what's your call here? Yeah, I'll, I'll go under. I think they I think they're they're back uh, defensively. So Jeremy, so Jeremy was a little high or, or a little low. I don't know, whatever before. So from December fourth onward, uh, they actually had the seventeenth ranked defense in the league. But that's a bit deceiving because Philadelphia, for, again, from that point to the end of the season, was at one fourteen point one. The Knicks in 17th, two spots lower, 114.2, virtually tied with the Raptors. From December 4th to the end of the year, the, the let's go with the ninth. Actually, we could even, the seventh ranked defense from the, in the league from that point forward was the Phoenix Suns at 113.2. So the Knicks were one point per hundred possessions worse than the team that finished 10 spots higher than them. Um, so they were, what? They were not that far away. Can I add a wrinkle? Because you're doing sure. from December 4th to the end of the season, which includes yes. LA Fitness Week. You got to go until the Cavs game because till that sure. point, which was March 31st, they had the 12th best defense there you go. in the okay. league. So even better. Um, all this is to say um, they will now have a full season of Josh Hart. They added another good defender in Dante Vincenzo. Um, I... I think Jalen Brunson will challenge himself to be a better, whatever the best defensive version of him he can be this year. Um, I think that's important. I think it's a very important thing for the for the organization as a whole. Uh, in addition to him individually, obviously. So yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about this one. I'll, I'll go under. I'm gonna go with the over. Uh, you know, I think that the main thing here is the Knicks have never really gambled a ton. Their deflections per game has always been pretty low. I see it staying that way for the most part. They did bring in DiVincenzo, who was is a higher deflection per game guy, which is great. And I think that will help them. Do I think it will essentially bring them into a top 10 defense? I'm a bit skeptical. I think it will be better for sure. You know, that's why I think it's probably closer to 12, 13, but uh, yes, this is Tom Thibodeau's calling card. It will be important. I do expect them again to be a better team. As I talk through it, do I do I feel like I'm talking myself more into their back? Sure. But having committed to the offensive part of it, I can't say that the Knicks will be a top 10 offense and defense team because that would be a legitimate contender. So the way I see it is you got to pick one and then stick with the other. So if you're picking defense and that the offense falls off and how I've picked offense, I got to stick with the defense. So I'm going to go with uh the over on this one. It's good. I like when you guys disagree. Let's see if you disagree on this next one, which is all about three-point shooting. How many Knicks will shoot at least 37% from three this season? Minimum 100 attempts. The line is 2.5. Last season, I mean, double-check my math here. Last season, I have it. Do you already have it? Please go ahead. Yeah, so uh, Emmanuel quickly was at 37%. 0% 0.0% on the dot. So mm-hmm. I don't know that would count for this, right? That would count, um, at least. Yeah. So he was there. Grimes, 38.6. Brunson, 41.6. And then are we 
Josh, Josh Hart doesn't count because it's yeah, minimum. So but it, if you want to yeah, say he did shoot 51% from three last year on less than 100 attempts. Um, as a point of clarification, mm-hmm. if someone... No, nah, I don't want that would make it too complicated. How about we just limit it to the players that are on the roster right now? Let's make make life easier. No. No, like a midseason trade acquisition. Right. So if you're saying a midseason trade gives them a guy that he then shoots better than a thirty per seven percent. Minimum hundred attempts. attempts with the Knicks? With the Knicks, yes. Okay, fine. That's fine. That's fine. Minimum yeah. hundred attempts with the Knicks. I don't think anyone whatever. We need to get into the whole thing. It's gonna be hard um, to attempt three a hundred. Yeah. Threes in uh, 25 games or so. That's not impossible, but... Um, Jeremy, you're up. I am going to go with the over. I mean, I think it's... I'll put it this way. I am confident that Grimes will be there and that Brunson will stay up there, but I think instead of quickly hitting the 37%, I think it'd be closer to like 35 and a half, 36, that the player who replaces him is DiVincenzo. Um... I think a better line on this would probably be 3.5. So I'm going over. Interesting. I feel, I think the, I think there's a chance. Certainly think there's a chance for do it. I mean, you could tell me five guys do it and I wouldn't be sh- totally shocked. Um, I'd be surprised if five did it. I would not be surprised if four did it. Again, Mayo quickly, it was literally 37 on the dot. And I think he's better. I think Brunson, like okay. Jeremy said, I think Brunson stays up there. And I think, see, to me, DiVincenzo and Grimes are like that you could write those in pen. So it's about about getting one more guy. And I think out of Brunson, quickly, Barrett, Hart. I mean, oh, what? John, hold on. I just I just got word from our, our higher ups. The line is now three and a half. So with that in mind... Gentlemen, over under three and a half. I locked in my bet. What the hell? You now have a second <laughs> line to assess. Over. Over. Okay. So Jeremy, over under three and a half. You get credit for being over on two and a half as well. Okay. Okay. Well, so here's the way I look at it. Okay. So for context, for DiVincenzo, last season, uh, last four seasons, he has shot over a hundred three-pointers per game. Last season, 39.7%. The year before that, he hit 33.9. The year before that, 37.9. The year before that, 33.6. So I, I don't actually think, even though I said that I believe he will do it, it's an every other year sort of thing where maybe it's an erasable pen as opposed to a fountain pen, so to speak. But I'll still, I don't feel good about three and a half. I'm going to stick with my two and a half and hit okay. the over on that. But, you know, again, if it's not him, then maybe it still is Emmanuel quickly. Maybe I'm trying to think who would take that sort of leap next year on this team. Maybe has Deuce McBride. Does he take 101 threes and he's able to hit 38 of them, for example, that sort of thing. So I hear people yelling. Can it not be RJ? It can be. It's I, more, I said RJ's name sure. before. I'm asking John. Yeah, I'm asking Jeremy. I mean, I'm asking. Jeremy. My concern here is that, and let me fact check this just so I don't slander RJ unfairly because of the fact that I'm giving fake stats. Uh, it's basically as I look at RJ's total percentage: 32, 40, 34 point two, 31. So a quarter of the years that RJ has played, he has shot above really. 
Uh, let's say 34.3. And I can't help but go back to the fact that the year that he had 40% was the year that we saw a massive inflation of so many other players. So do I think RJ can get to 35? Yeah, I, I think he absolutely could. Uh, do they get to 36? Closer, for sure. 37, that is just tough. That's a leap. That's not even a step. That's We're saying that's, a, that's an ascension a yeah. entirely. And uh, I just think it'd be closer to 35 and a half where that's a good spot. You want him to be there. He's still going to be 23 years old. There's still time for him to keep climbing. I need to see him get out of the 34 range and below in order for me to put him in as a candidate for 37%. Okay. So the next couple, we're going to go through somewhat rapid fire. Um, How many times will the Knicks score 40 points in a game this season? The line is 7.5. For context, last year, the Knicks did this 11 times. The times they've done more than seven and a half in their franchise history, 12-13, Carmelo Anthony did it eight times. He was the only one to have 40 points in a game. Uh, 89-90, they did 11, and all of them were Patrick Ewing. 84-85 and 83-84. Uh, Bernard had in 83-84, he did it eight times. And then the following season, he did it 13 times before getting hurt. And then in 61-62, three different Knicks did it nine times. So the only times in Knicks history, they've had a player score at least 40 points in a game at least eight times. So armed with that uh, information, I believe it's Jeremy. Or is it John? It's me. Because um, we Jeremy. did two for John. and So... This is a tough one, mm-hmm. Andrew. I applaud this line. Here's my thinking. I had Jalen Brunson as scoring above 23 and a half. So I would imagine there are, I mean, there will have to be a few 40 point games, but you know, there's some nights where they're going to be playing pretty bad teams that they can beat up on. There are going to be nights when they play a Cleveland Cavaliers team and Jalen Brunson goes off uh, for an insane amount. So, my issue is, and this is the fan in me, where a lot of these lines have been very positive and ambitious. And I think it, at one of these cases, I have to reel it back a little bit. So I'm going to go with under. But I also... this. But here's the issue as I talk it through. Okay, so it's the belief that earlier Julius Randle can be an all-NBA caliber player. It's the feeling of... Jalen Brunson can also be an all NBA caliber player. Do I think between the two of them that they can get four each, so to speak? Uh, Do I think there's a surprise 40 point game somewhere? I don't know if there's someone who can soak up that level of usage outside of Emmanuel quickly, who certainly came close. Actually, he, I mean, he did it. He He got it. He he finished over it. So it's really the injury aspect of it where it's like, do I think someone's going to be unhealthy or do I think someone just gets injured in that? impacts how they're able to do it. Uh, RJ did do it last year too, by the way. That's true. Okay. So the more I talk it through, I'm going to, sh- I'm actually going to switch it. I'm going to say over, I'm going to say they get closer to nine. Cause they had 11 last year, 11 last year. 11. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go over John. Um, <laughs> I think so the, med- lo- the gymnastics you did, by the way, Jeremy, of talking through it, is why I set the line. I initially had the line higher, and then it's a good when one. looking up team history, it's like, oh, this is this is not a common thing, but this is also a thing that a, an offense that 
is top three will probably be able to hit. So yeah. Um, I'm just looking through last year. Here are some teams that did not have seven guys, eight, at least eight guys reach or eight games of at least 40 points. Washington, Utah, Toronto, Sacramento, uh, Phoenix. Uh, how about that? Oklahoma City. Uh, the Knicks obviously hit hit the number, which is why you you've got this line. Um, New Orleans barely missed it. They only had six. Minnesota had one. One game last season. The team has Anthony Edwards and Carlton Towns on it. They had one 40-point game last year. Um, Miami didn't do it. Memphis didn't do it. Yeah, this is an easy under for me. Uh, I, I was going to make an easy under, and then I just wanted to do this little search. And like the Clippers, that freaking Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they had five total games of 40 or more. It's but They were unhealthy. I was going to say, you're yeah, naming teams that I didn't know. have players play games. Like I, I know, but... I they're again keep repeating the same thing. Mouse the feed. They're a deeper team. I think they're a better team. Um, I I think it's you could tell me that they have one or two forty point games next year. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, so I'll I'll go under. They haven't had fewer than five in a season since before Tibbs got here, and that's a testament to to Julius Randall. I think more than anything else, right? <laughs> To an extent, yes. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's five most of them, right? Five different I, I, Knicks did it last year, two years ago. I gotta say, the, the switch up in John's mind as you said that about Tibbs, like, oh, wait, actually, yeah, hold on now, <laughs> wait a minute. He's not even sure. That's right. I feel very comfortable with my under. Uh, okay. I hope I'm wrong. I love Don't seeing worry. scoring as much. The as apology I'm will wrong. be as loud as the disrespect as next as year. Disrespect. Don't worry. Um, uh, next up. How many Knicks will make the all-star team this season? Uh, the line is 1.5. League is in an incredible place right now. Uh, there's just so much freaking talent. Um, so this is not, before anybody says anything, this is not hate towards Julius Randle. It's not hate towards Julian Brunson. It's not hate towards RJ Barrett. It's not hate towards Manu Quickly. not hate towards anybody. Uh, I just, I mean, this, going with the odds here, it's, it's, it's an under for me. Jeremy. Disgraceful. The lack of faith that you have in these Knicks, it just, I don't know. I'm disgusted. I'm taking the under as well. See, here's the thing. It's <laughs> its really tough to have two all-stars named to your team, especially if you don't have a top three record going into the all-star game. Do I believe that the Knicks will have a top three record going into the all-star game? I don't. I think it'll be maybe fourth, fifth, could be as low as sixth. I just, uh, it's really difficult to have these players, two from the same team, and it, and they not be at like their absolute firing all cylinders type experience without being a top team. So I'm going with under as well. So next up, uh, we're going to amend the, the line a bit because I'm actually just going to make it a full top five. So how many top five Award finishes in the voting will the Knicks have this season? I'm setting the line at 1.5 hmm. again. So top five across the board. So even if they don't end up as finalists, announce as top three finalists, just top five is what I'm saying. Could we, could we very briefly, could we just say what the categories are? Yes. Okay. So do, do you have, uh, so let me know if I forget one MVP, rookie of the year, um, most improved, uh, six man of the year. Clutch player. We're going to do clutch player. Clutch player. That's part of it now. Uh, 
And are we doing coach of the year? Coach of the year. That's part of it. And defensive player of the year? And Depoy. Those are the seven. Those are, I thought I thought I only said six. That might be the six, and I said seven, but the, okay. those are the six. Okay. Uh, it's Jeremy, right? Yes. I said the under last time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the over this time. Ooh, who and who? Uh, well, I think Emmanuel quickly is still going to be uh, in the top five for six man of the year. I feel like a spicy take would be that the most improved player would have Quentin Grimes in the fold because uh, of I I don't think his usage will be high enough where the offense really comes together, but I really I just want this to be the year where everyone looks at Quentin Grimes at the defensive end and is like, oh, he he's a legitimately great defender. Because right now it's yeah, he's a really good defender. But he doesn't have that kind of hubbub of that dude is among the t- I mean he, he graded out as the largest leap in terms of defensive matchup uh, defensive matchuping with with uh, basketball index and he guarded primarily point guards who run the offense in so many ways so being able to have him take that step forward I think would be crucial the most improved player award often is an offensive award as opposed to a defensive award which is why I don't think he would necessarily get the recognition there and I don't think he would get the defensive player of the year award uh, recognition at his age. So I'm going to go with um, where we, we're counting all NBA, right? No, no, or, no. That's no, not part of it. Okay. So in that case, I'm going to still go with Jalen Brunson for the Clutch Award. It's the Clutch second. Award adds an aspect to this that, yeah, it, you know, like it, it, it makes it really easy for the Knicks to just sneak in there because I got some, mm-hmm. especially Brunson. Yes. I'll go under. I think there's only two awards they have a shot at. It's the clutch, the two that you basically just said, clutch and um, six man. Why do you hate uh, Tom Thibodeau? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about six man, ladies and you gentlemen. Can, you can we got him. <laughs> you can tell me heart. You, I mean, it, this happened. This has happened actually a few times. Most recently with Utah, uh, three three years ago, when, um, when Ingles and was it Clarkson Ingles was Ingles. Yeah, it was it was Ingles, Ingles and Clarkson, Clarkson finished one two, one two, and then Derrick Rose finished third. Uh, I could see absolutely Josh Hart and Emmanuel quickly finishing uh, in, in the top five for this. But there's also a possibility that like crazy shit happens, and neither do. And then it's about like how much do I want to bank on that and. The clutch thing. I could see Brunson getting in the clutch. Top five for clutch voting. Do we have? Hold on. I have to throw this out there. I don't think we have the voting for the clutch thing. Do we? I don't. I just remember De'Aaron Fox wrapped it up. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox won it. I don't. Did did we know that like Jalen Brunson? Yeah, we did. I thought it was. Hold on. I know for most improved player, it was there was there three. That was marketing. Um, that was Brunson. Hold on. Got it here. Player of the year voting. This is scintillating podcasting here. Um, uh, I got it. Darren Fox finished first. Uh, Jimmy Butler finished second. DeMar DeRozan finished third. Jalen Brunson finished fourth. And Joel Embiid finished fifth. Yeah. Um, with, with Donovan Mitchell, SGA, and Luca following yeah, I'm, close behind. Uh, I'm going on there. I think Jalen Brunson's awesome in the clutch, but. 
there's just a chance that he may not. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't get the clutch opportunities. Maybe the Knicks aren't in a lot of close games. Like you never know. So I will. Um, I'll go under. Man, I we're we're getting close to where win totals are going to be projected. I'm curious where you go with this, Mister Under. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. How many teams will finish ahead of the Knicks in the East this season? The line is 5.5. Jesus. This is me, huh? Yes. Again, it's the right line. Um, it's the right line that a lot of Knicks fans will scoff at and say, oh, it's an easy, easy under. They're definitely going to be a top five team. Um, shit. I... <laughs> I so, don't feel great. I don't feel great about it, but I, I am going to take the under. The under. So, so to clarify, they will finish top. They will be a top five team in the East. That's what. Okay, Jeremy. I will also go with the under for context. The teams I have ahead of them in no specific order: uh, Bucks, Celtics, Cavs. It's really about who do I think will be the fourth or fifth that's, teams that would that's be exactly it. How much does it bother you? Well, I shouldn't presume anything. I don't think that there is a chance that the Knicks finish higher than any of those three teams that you just mentioned. The first, the top three, maybe not, I mean, a chance, my, but like barring injury, I don't yeah. think that. Yeah, I don't think. But I think that's the sure. But to that extent, it's none of this is played on paper. I, I think that the Celtics are incredibly top heavy, great yeah. talent, but. Depth yeah. and depth is important, you know. I mean, it, more so in the regular season than it is in the playoffs. But it's going to be tough if 
Porzingis is hurt and Al Horford's what, 35, 36, 37 and 37. And now you're looking at a lot of Luke Cornett games. It's hard to Why do you win basketball games with all due respect to the unicornet. Uh, the Cavs, I think are pretty solidly deep where they're going to be a top three team, but the bucks again, I mean, these players are going to try to play more than what? 65, 65. games for the MVP voting, but it just takes and all Brooke all Lopez NBA as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It takes yeah. Brooke Lopez being, older and seeing an injury and yeah. their interior defense struggles. Um, I don't think the heat are going to take the regular season seriously because they know that they have the stuff to do it at the right time. Then I think the Hawks could bounce back, but I don't know if they're necessarily going to be uh, top six. I don't think the nets are going to be a top six team. So, I mean, what's the team that we're really I, broadcasting here? Philly. Not of. Philly. It's Philly. Philly. Forgot about it. There's a lot going on there that I just don't feel comfortable as good as Embiid is. I also don't know if I can trust his health. I don't know if I can trust the acclimation process of the team having a new coach. If they move James Harden and some other piece or pieces coming in there and uh, working together, there's a lot that kind of goes into play there. So uh, yeah, I, I feel like they will be a top five team all said and done. Yeah. Atlanta doesn't bother you. I think Atlanta got better. Uh, they're a deeper team. Than they were last year. I don't know how much their rookie is going to see time. I'm, I'm sure he'll see some stuff sometime too. But I'm it's the even. the John Collins effect. Are they a better team without John Collins? I think Jalen Johnson is ready to, yeah. you know, go higher. I think they will be a better team than they were last year. I just think they'll probably finish sixth. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Mm. It, I, it's a good again. You've you, you've other than the couple of slip ups with the per 36 versus like the per game or whatever. I think these are all good lines. Well, one line that I didn't set that Vegas set, uh, my friends here in Las Vegas at Claudio Casino, how many games will the Knicks win this season? This is your second to last line. It is 45 and a half. The Knicks won 47 games last season. So I believe it's Jeremy first. Jeremy over under 45 and a half wins for the Knicks this year. I'm going to go with over because it's consistent with the optimism that I've had through this, but I will say this. I think if you're thinking out there like, Hey, the Knicks won 47 with like Josh Hart and being able to do that, they can improve on that. They caught absolute fire. I mean, it was, I want to say it was lightning in a bottle because that would imply that it stopped before they got to the regular season or the postseason, And it didn't, they kept on trucking, but something just clicked and they, Fantastic. That said, John, you would have this probably off the top of your head. Their winning percentage from December 4th to, or their win pace from December 4th to the end of the season was what, 52, 53, something along those from lines? From December 4th to the end was. was, there was, was so was again, I, I have it in front of me. They were 35 and 20. I forget what that pace is until LA Fitness Week after December 4th. So whatever 35 and 20 is. Over I'll, I'll an 82 game game stretch. So that's a 52 game, a 52, 52 win, win pace. pace. So do I think that they can get 46 wins after seeing this new team? Yeah, I think they get to 46. 52, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I said already, uh, we, uh, I already said this on the Patreon. Uh, it's, I think it's the right line. I think it's a good number. Uh, I'm going over slightly. Would not shock me if they went under. Would not shock me if they exceeded. It would not. It wouldn't shock me if they won fifty games. Um, I think they have that in them. 
Um, I don't know about much more than that, but you know, with, man, winning fifty games is freaking hard, especially in a league where twenty six, twenty seven teams are trying to win games. Um, not all equally trying to win as hard as the others. Like some are like, you know, we'll, we'll let the chips fall where they may. This is not a break or make or break year for us, but like. At the start of the season, there are about 26, 27 teams that are going into this thing with like, hey, we're putting our best foot forward here, uh, which is a, a scary proposition if you are <laughs> if you're one of those 27 teams. Uh, but I will go over. I'll go over. So that brings us to our last line. And I think it's a testament to this organization, to the head coach, to this roster, to these players, that the last line is projected with the playoffs and the playoff line that I'm setting. How many playoff games will the Knicks win this season? So the line I'm setting is 4.5 that if you think they're going to get bounced in the first round, you're obviously hitting the under. If you think they're going to make the second round and run into Boston or Milwaukee and think they get swept, you're taking the under. But if they're going to at least make the second round and give whoever a series or maybe even upset the establishment and be in the conference finals, you're taking the over. Something we haven't been able to talk about in a long time as a fan base looking ahead to longer playoff runs as part of the narrative and a part of the expectation for this season to look forward to. So, John, you're first. How many playoff games will the Knicks win this season? Over under four and a half. A um, couple things before I answer. One, um, the last time the Knicks won, got out of the first round in consecutive years was the 99 trip to the finals, followed by the next year in which they made the Eastern Conference finals. Those two years are also the last time, coincidentally, that the Knicks returned their top eight rotation players from one year to the next. The Knicks will once again return their top eight rotation players from one year to the next in terms of minutes per game. I know Josh Hart was only here for 27 games, but if you look at their final minutes per game averages, the top eight, they're all back. Uh, Obi Toppin was ninth. I think that's interesting. Second thing I just want to say, and then I'll give my answer. I've seen a lot because, uh, you know, I have to do my five minutes a day of scrolling on Twitter to see where the, you know, see where the conversation is at. A lot of, a lot of people asking or putting forth their answers for the question of what's a successful season for the next. And I've talked a lot about how I don't think the win total necessarily matters. I don't think how far they make it in the playoffs necessarily matters. Um, you know, and I think it's more about the the feel of it. How are the vibes coming off the year? Does a young player make a leap? Does Jalen Brunson build on a success? Like all the things we, we know what they are. All that being said, they made the second round last year <laughs> and it would be cool if they made it at least that far again. I think it would help their efforts, whatever you think that they should be looking to do after this year, it would help their efforts if they made it that far again, as opposed to, you know, I mean, as opposed to getting like getting wiped out in the first round. Um, Man, I am to say I'm on the fence about this one is is an understatement. I will <laughs> I said there would be a top five seed, right? 
I'll, I'll, I can't believe I'm doing this. I didn't think I'd, maybe this is some, some white eyed optimism. I'm going to go over. Let's go. I'm going to go over. Knock out and beat in the first round and then have him walk to us in the, for, in the off season. Jeremy. He might pull a hammy on the walk over. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll drive him. I'll, I'll personally yeah. drive him if it's, if it's need be. Okay. Good. Good. Audio limousine. will head over there. Okay. Perfect. The, the funniest it's not actually funny, but it'd be like the Knicks hit the under, but still make it to the second round. Again, the imply that they would get round. swept in the second <laughs> round. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with over primarily for the reason that, that John mentioned. If you had raised this at five and a half, oh. might still have gone over, but I think I, there's a good chance I would have hit under. Here's my thought process on this. This past season, the eighth seed made it all the way to the NBA Finals and won a game there. They took down the number one seed. They took down the Knicks, who obliterated the Cavs. I mean, the Cavs got better, but did they get stronger? Did Jared Allen get jacked? Is Evan Mobley swole? Those are the things that they have to start considering. They, 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 I expect improvement, and I think that's going to be manifest in the regular season. Uh, the Celtics, you know, they they're kind of who they are. They're not really going to be able to add too much talent to their team. And it's a really good team. But I still, from the outside looking in, worry in terms of how deep are they? Can they really go? You don't need more than seven, but I don't find that the seven players they have are all consistent where I'd feel comfortable. But, you know, anything goes. So when I look at this Knicks team, and I liked what John was saying in terms of what success looks like. And you're going to have the folks who are purely about the results. And you're going to have the folks who are about the process. And not to both sides of the issue, but I'd like to be somewhere in between. Where <laughs> to me, if you look at a Knicks team and say they didn't make the second round, this season's a failure. I would probably push back depending on how that first round series went. Was it hard fought? Did they take on a different identity than they had throughout the whole season? Were players just missing shots? Were there injuries? It's so nuanced. But in this case, if if we're to say, hey, the Knicks are finishing in the top five, the hope would be that the opponent would be inferior or around where the Knicks are in terms of their standing. And I just feel compelled to say, yeah, the Knicks in the playoffs can go toe-to-toe. It's it hasn't been the floor. That that hasn't been the issue with the Knicks. It's been the ceiling. And I think their ceiling being somewhat capped is what will cause them to run into headaches again. And we will be in a similar position next offseason where we talk about what star is on them the trade market and who's on the block and what can the Knicks do and who can improve and yada yada yada. So long-winded way of saying I do believe it's gonna hit the over, but I don't think they're gonna get out of the second round. And if they do, that's fantastic. Keep building. But uh, I, I, my expectations are at the very least a hard-fought first-round series that I hope they win. And then I say they believe they win. Can I, can I just throw something out there real quick? Of course. The um, Bucks, Nets, and Clippers last season were three of the five uh, teams to have less than 10 to one odds to win the title. Those teams combined to win two 
postseason games. The Mavericks did not win a postseason game. The Pelicans did not win a postseason game. The Timberwolves won a postseason game. The Grizzlies, who finished second in the conference, won two postseason games. Like it to just this is more backing up what Jeremy just said about like, listen, man, sometimes it just doesn't go your way. Like it, it what what happens in the postseason should in some some cases it can be an indictment. It's the the notion that the Knicks need to get to the second round this year, otherwise, like things are falling apart. We have to wait and see how the season plays out. Like that is not anything that we should be proclaiming right now. Um, so yeah, all that said, we're both we're both taking the over. So what do we, what the hell? But but even with the odds, and, and I agree with what you're saying. But look at the teams in terms of like the ones that advanced. Right? What do they seem to have in common? The Miami Heat. A lot of depth, and they came yeah. through in the playoffs. The Knicks, significant depth there. Uh, the Sixers, I mean, they did have some depth. depth they also with benefited from playing, right? But they benefited from playing a Brooklyn Nets team that won zero games. That's uh, why they advanced. The Embiid didn't play half that series, you know. That's like, true. They were but able even to go still, up against a, a team that's not really a six seed, you know. Yeah, but but even Very still, fair. I thought that there were there was still some depth yes. there. The Celtics last season, I mean, they they traded a lot of their depth for higher end talent and we'll see how that goes. The Nuggets deep team with significant superstar talent. The uh the Suns, the opposite, right? They they didn't have a lot of depth. They were wouldn't you say? I mean after the trade it's, it's yeah. like no they, they were, did not. They were pretty bare bones. And they relied on two of the best scorers that we have in the NBA. Uh the Warriors And how did they and how did they by the way advance because the Clippers were Dismissing. Uh, yep. Yeah. The Warriors, they just barely beat the Kings. They had more star talent, but also depth. And the Lakers, I mean, they were, I guess you could, I don't know if you could say they were a deep team. I mean, they, they probably ran six or seven, but the point is they had LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And there are times where you have superstar talent that can outweigh that. But at the end of the day, it's how do you have a combination of the two? And this will eventually be the way the Knicks get there is sacrificing some of their significant significant depth for top end talent. The goal is to have that superstar talent and depth. This isn't new to anyone, but it's just yeah. explaining how stockpiling your depth and good depth to then eventually get the ball rolling to upgrade the talent there is so important. And you don't want to be a bare bones team. I think just putting what you're saying in slightly different terms to me, at least maybe you're, you you wouldn't agree with this, but I think this is what you're saying. It's a it's a it's a ceiling floor conversation. I think depth gives you a floor if you have real depth to the level that the Knicks do, and you have some modicum of star players at the top. And I think we we feel pretty good about Jalen Brunson and and you know I, Julius Randle's listen still TBD, but like. It's not like they are the, what was that, 41-win Magic team or 40-win Magic team under Doc Rivers. I don't know why that's always the one that I think of. Where like they clearly had NBA players and they like came out and try hard every night. Like, this isn't that. This, this team has some real stars on it. Um, and, it, it really, and then it just comes down to the ceiling. And like it's almost like, can, can depth, can enough depth raise your ceiling? You know, I think that's an interesting... It's an interesting question, and I, I wonder if this Knicks season isn't going to be a bit of a referendum on that. Because um, it's not, it's, again, as you were just kind of 
alluding to, it's not typically how we think of the NBA. Um, you know, your your ceiling comes from your stars, and then everything else flows from there. So, look at the yeah, heat. We'll, look at what the Heat were able to accomplish last year. Yeah, well, yeah. And yeah. I, I, I'm not saying they did not have superstar talent. They obviously they, did, yeah. but but the it's depth came yeah. through for them, especially when Jimmy Butler's ankle was hurt, when Bam was too busy setting dirty screens to maybe be an offensive focal point. You know, those those types of things. Those, those are the, still bitter about that. Never not going to be. Whatever. That's fair. <laughs> We shall see. Uh, this was good. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for attending Claudio Casino. We ask that you tip your waitresses and uh, abide by all. If you if you have a gambling problem, by the way, please call whatever 1-800 number it is that you need to call. That I don't know the number off the top of my head. I just know it's there every time I log into FanDuel. Really but spectacular. Please, please, please bet responsibly. You know, whatever you do, don't take John's lines, take Jeremy's lines if you want to chase. So, okay. Thank you everybody for attending Claudio Casino. Uh, anything else we should get out of here? Uh, uh, I've got two things. Two Number things, one, yes. this has been mentioned, I know, but we have a very exciting event coming up on November 3rd. It'll be at Penn 6. It'll be the in-season tournament between the Bucks and the Knicks. We're going to... This is going to be a... Uh, ticketed event. It will cost money. The reason for that is you will be fed and it's going to be really good food. We'll have drink specials. We'll have a lot of fun. This will be our first in-person event of the year uh, with more to come as well. We will have more information on doing that. But in the meantime, if you can make it, please put your calendars and we'll go for there. And the second thing that I'd like to plug is if you have enjoyed any of my content over the years. And uh, hopefully you do if you're listening to this. I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. But if you did, uh, I happen to get a lot of my uh, thinking and humor and just general likeness from none other than my dad. Now, my dad uh, had a cool birthday not too long ago. I will not say what it is for his own sake, but happy birthday to him. And I figured no better way to celebrate his birthday than by hopping on the pod and promoting something of his, which is that he wrote a book. Oh, hey. this is uh, the, he's this is awesome. a lyricist and composer musicals. He's had off Broadway work frequently. Uh, and he wanted to tell the story in terms of the, what went right, what went wrong. And listen, theater, it sucks. A lot of the times it can be really frustrating. I totally get that. Maybe those of you who are out there who have been in that world get it too. Uh, but this is called How to Survive a Killer Musical, uh, Agony and Ecstasy on the Road to Broadway. So again, listen, uh, I'm not saying this because he's my dad. I'm saying it because it's a really good book. It's very well written and I thoroughly enjoy it. So if you are looking for new reading material, Highly recommend it. It's on Amazon. It's on. It's in the Drama Bookshop. If you are in New York, it's in bookstop bookstores all over. I believe it's even in Barnes and Noble. So, uh, happy birthday, Dad! Go read the book, and uh, that's all for me. Thank you. Two two things. Can I the name the name of the book again? How to survive? It's how to survive a killer musical, uh, agony and ecstasy on the road to Broadway. And then, is this a bit of like a behind the scenes of Broadway? Oh, thank you, Andrew. Wow, book? that was fast. Yes. Uh, it is. There's a lot of chaos in here. Um, okay. The context, the book that my dad, or the um, the subject material that my dad uh, is mostly writing about, is a musical called No Way to Treat a Lady. No Way to Treat a Lady. That was a movie that was written by Bill Goldman, 
who okay. oh. won a couple Academy Awards, to my knowledge. Uh, for All the President's Men, Princess Bride. And there's a lot of good stuff in here as his, well. I'm looking at two of his books right now that are... There you go. I, yeah, no, I and uh, talks about the relationship that he works with him. But all in all, my dad's a very endearing person and a good writer. And like I said, a lot of the creativity that I have comes directly from him. I'm a chip off the old block. I love nothing more than a good. I've always loved nothing more than a good Hollywood history book. I've never read anything about behind the scenes of a, of a Broadway musical. I am gonna pick myself up a copy of this. This is well, that's a good recommendation, sir. There you go. And happy birthday to your dad. Thank you. Happy birthday, Mr. Cohen. Link to that book will be in the description of this episode, which I think is going to be a two parter. So of these episodes, so perfect. Um, I. Uh, we'll say uh, thank you to Jeremy. Uh, I'll say thank you to Andrew for producing this uh, episode and setting all these lines. You're welcome. And uh, I hope you, I, the drinks are supposed to be free. Tip your waitresses, but the drinks are supposed to be free at the casino. Where did you read that? I, They're free if you got less than one wrong at the at, at last year's Claudio Casino lines. It's for VIP and special performers only. I finished my wine, but Cheers to that. There you go. Every, Less than two wrong, feel. Jeremy. Less than two wrong. Oh, okay. You get one okay. gimme and then you you unfortunately have to pay for your drinks. Everybody should feel like a VIP at a good casino. I'm just gonna say that. Mm. Um anyway, thank you everybody out there for coming to Claudio's Casino and for joining us for uh this episode. Don't forget we will have the first post-game uh podcast of the year. Obviously live on YouTube tonight as you were listening to this after the Knicks take on the Celtics. Um and uh yeah, a bunch of much more content coming this week. Uh so join us for all that. Until then, hope you have a good one and uh take care.